Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Mark Safe, tales of your very favorite and most beloved man-made disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Mark Safe. I'm here. I'm present. How are you feeling? I'm still vertical. Mm-hmm. I am still vertical or vertical again. Um, vertical again because I was in bed. COVID is fucking weird. Is it? Well, I don't know. It's like you read all the symptoms and stuff. I don't know. I think in my head I had pictured it going a lot different than what it went. Tell me everything. I don't know. It was like I was in slow motion. And you know me. I'm not a slow motion person at all. So you're in fast motion. Yeah. And I could just feel like the energy just draining. It could be that you felt like other people normally feel every day. (laughs) (laughs) If you take the Melanie right out of Melanie. Yeah, it was really weird. I didn't lose my taste. I lost my smell, which is starting to come back. And that's really annoying. To have it back or to have it gone? To have it gone. I thought, like, maybe I wouldn't care. Because um, I have a friend who has no sense of smell. And I'm like, well, it must not be that big of a deal. I mean, she's lived her life without zero complaints. But, yeah. Maybe she's just holding all of her complaints inside. I wish she would complain more. She deserves to. <laughs> But it was like just stupid stuff like I have scented garbage bags and then I went to like, you know, shake one open to put it in the can. But there was no whiff taking a shower. There's no you can't smell your soap. Like, am I clean? You don't know if you're stinky. No, I mean, someone to tell you (laughs) as a parent, not smelling shitty diapers is like a plus. That's legit. But something about, like, not having your sense of smell, like, freaks me out because that's also, like, your first indicator when something's wrong, too. Like, smoke. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be unsettling. So, I thought about that a lot. I'm like, we're all going to die in a Mm -hmm. fire because I can't Mm -hmm. smell it. Mm -hmm. So, fire hazard, but no shitty diapers. So, a partial endorsement of COVID is what I'm hearing? No, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. I hated it. How are you feeling now? I feel good. I mean, I have my moments. It like goes up and down, but God, it sucks. It just sucks. You don't feel normal and it, it I, don't, I don't know when I'm going to feel normal again. Are all the babies doing okay? All the babies are fine. Cody's on the other side of it too. Um, my contact tracer finally called, which is weird because I'm already on the other side of it. I thought they <laughs> called like way sooner. I mean, you would think. Um, But yeah, so she called me last night and she was lovely. And I have not talked to another adult like in a long time because we didn't record last week. Am I the only adult you talk to? It's true. Oh, yeah. I'm just a terrible phone person, too. So, 
Yeah, it's kind of a wonder that I actually started a podcast because I'm the most notorious do not call me person (laughs) on the planet. And the fact that I decided to call someone every week for at least an hour and record it is kind of mind blowing now that I think about it. Yeah, this was pretty bananas because I actually having had COVID, I answered my phone because I was expecting contact tracer. So I'm like, if I got a phone call, I was picking it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So she called me yesterday and then she's like asking for the birth dates of my children. And I get to the third one and I'm like, holy fuck, am I even saying these right? Because I'm pretty sure COVID brain's a thing too. And so I was like, can we back up for a minute? Like what were the, repeat the dates I gave you because I think they're wrong. And I was like, I have too many kids. And then she kind of did that. You know, when you're like trying to be professional and not laugh, but you get that little like gurgle giggle thing. She did that and I fucking lost it. I could not stop laughing. And then she started laughing. And then we just got in the biggest giggle fit ever. My kids were like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, the contact tracer. You have that effect on people. And then we just started giggling again. And then we finally pulled it together. And she's just like... She kind of did the snort thing, and she's like, so I'm guessing you weren't able to isolate away from your children, and then we fucking lost it again. And I don't know. I wish that could have that recording, because it was really fucking funny. Wow, are you trying to start a new contact tracer podcast, Melanie? Yeah. It's I'm feeling a little edged out here. <laughs> it's going to be a follow my map podcast. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So I really want to have an advice podcast. That That's my dream spinoff. I, I love to tell people what to do with their lives. <laughs> love it. Hot takes and advice with Brianne. Oh, my God. Can it be it's like an dream. after dark one, though? Oh, that's the only one I'll accept. Oh, we can't let Aunt Veda listen to this one. <laughs> she was so cute because I was asking for a podcast rest, uh, podcast recommendations today. And she's I like, know I saw. I know. She's like, I only listen to you guys. She's so precious. She's adorable. I think she commented on your mom. Like, they were, like, talking. I'm like, do oh, they? Did she? I was like, do they know each other? No. It was really no. cute. They do now. They do. BFS yeah. forever. That's adorable. You know what I really missed about not recording mm-hmm. last week? Talking about my mom? You know what? I was going through this uh, animal list, speaking of your mom, (laughs) and I needed one more animal to put on our list to fill up like everything. So now we have it completely full. Um, And I totally... Do we really? Yeah. Between all of the people have been pouring in with the um, recommendations on this animal versus animal, but I totally added one for your mom on this list. What is it? A goat? A snow leopard. Oh. <laughs> but we're not doing that this week, so save your hot take. Okay. And for I, our- I might have to get her as a guest speaker for that one, because I'm sure she has some steaming hot takes on snow I leopards. don't know who I'm going to pair it with. I'm trying to be real smart with my pairings. And, <laughs> okay. and-, and then I need to ask you about your pairings this week, because I have questions. Although, what were you going to say that you missed about last week, since it apparently was not my mom? Sorry, mom. Oh, just that we didn't do the animal versus animal. Okay. Yeah. It was killing me too. Okay. So let's do it now. Okay. And you told me earlier, so I already have a heads up and I'm glad that I did. Because listen, 
you guys fucking came out with like the weirdest fucking animals. I do have some a couple normal ones left on this list. Like we'll get to the chicken and all that stuff, but for the most part, like where are you guys coming up with these fucking animals? <laughs> I had to Google one of these. I didn't know anything about one of these. I didn't either. I Googled it too. Now I know a lot about it because I fell down a rabbit hole So that. in order to be fair with the hot take, I did let Brienne know what the match would be today because I'm like, man, I hate being put on the spot when I don't fucking know something. Like when we were getting Arya's newborn photos taken, there was a like a narwhal stuffy and I'm like, oh, I wish these were real. And the photographer looked at me like I was the biggest fucking idiot. Like, they're not, though, are they? They are real. Okay, I swear to God, I just went through this like a few months ago. No, are they're you real. 100% sure? I'm 100% Hold sure. Hold your ass on. Are narwhals real? A lot of people have wondered this. And they're I'm not in the animal the versus animal hot take. So, yes, you can give us a. Real. What the fuck? Okay. Why? I guess I'm a. Listen, I've been wrong about narwhals before, so I guess I must have thought they weren't real, and it turns out they were. Well, here's the I thing that... I definitely have had some kind of narwhal devastation already happen. Well, here's the thing that pisses me off. Narwhals are, like, the coolest fucking animal ever, period. And they are real, so why aren't they everybody's favorite, like, animal? Why are we just now finding out that they exist? You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't know. Are we? When were narwhals discovered? I don't know. We'll we'll do an episode on this. Yes. It's upsetting. So, this week, you ready? Well, I actually don't have any issue with being put on the spot, even with things I don't know, because I will uh, make something up real fast. But I am glad that I had time to research this, because one of these animals is fucking weird. And also, not only that, but they're very similar. They are similar. And that really threw me off. So I had to really, really do some digging and, and soul searching on this one. I try to be really smart with these matchups. All right. So this week, armadillo, pangolin. What the fuck? Okay. So my first thought on this was that this was going to be easy because unless a pangolin just knocked my socks off and yeah, I don't know if it makes me dumb, but I sure did not know anything about a pangolin. Unless a pangolin knocks my socks off. I love armadillos. They're so cute. So I was like, okay, armadillos are a shoe in, but I'll look up these stupid pangolins just to do my due diligence. They're really cute. Pangolins or armadillos? Yes. Pan- well, I mean both, but pangolins. Um, I think I love them. Yeah, they're really cute. Did you see the sad stuff about pangolins, though? Yes, they're super endangered. People keep eating them. Yeah, they're making soups out of them. Yes, I know. And I read the soup isn't even that good. (laughs) Like, they don't even taste that good and they smell really weird when you cook them. So stop it. Okay. They are so cute. Pangolins are the winner. Why over armadillos, though? Okay, well... I feel like you just got a shiny new toy and you're like... Listen, Melanie, I am a very careful, considered person and I would never do that. And I have reasons because I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Because I know what a dick you are. (laughs) Okay, first of all, I find 
their what do you call those they look like shingles shingles they, they look they, they're they like look, plates they like they look like fucking pine cones melanie it's like a stegosaurus they're like if an anteater was a stegosaurus they are yes they're like anthropomorphic pine cones that's really what adorable they are. they are like go look at them again i mean i know you know what they look like but really look at them but what are those things called nut spines oh god uh i don't know what are they um like it starts with an sh oh my god audio guys gonna have to cut out so much maybe shell scaly scales i think it's scales scales i'm looking for yeah okay so i find the pattern of their scales extremely visually appealing they look like pine cones and I can't have much to do with real pine cones because I'm allergic to pine trees, but that's that's cool. And their babies are cuter than armadillo babies. Oh, the babies are so cute. Look at this one. Oh, it's like riding on its tail. I know. And I think they might possibly be a little bit nicer than armadillos, although I think they're all pretty nice. But I looked up our pangolins nice and it compared them to my sweet babies like possums and raccoons so that speaks well for them they i love their pointy little nose and how how smooth and like uh tapered they are i find their their little shingles extremely appealing they're endangered and that's sad and what do I you think they feel like bad you don't like touch wise yeah, bad. I, I don't think they feel very good. But um, and I do. It does disturb me to think about petting one backwards. So I'm going to stop <laughs> thinking about that now. Um, but they're they're cuter. Their babies are cuter. And if you look at pangolins for a while and then go look at an armadillo, the armadillo looks not as cute as an armadillo. Usually OK, looks. I've been looking at pangolins and I'm going to No, armadillos are adorable. I mean, they are, but I feel like if you look at armadillos for a while and then you go look at a pangolin, it's still adorable. But if you look at pangolins for a while and then you go look at armadillos, at first they just look kind of like uh, like an accordion rat or something. I like the way armadillos, when they stand, it looks like they have like little T-Rex hands. I know. Now, listen, I, I don't... Th- I don't know how I feel about this bracket anymore because I don't want to have to talk shit about armadillos. I love armadillos, but their but hair, fucking armadillo. Their little, their little hairs are a little yucky and their little rat tails are a little yucky. And I think that if I had to touch one, I would probably pick a pangolin because hmm. armadillos, I don't think I would like how they feel. I mean, I don't think I'd like how either one of them feels, but armadillos look like they would feel almost like snaky. And I can't with that. I can't with that. Even though the penguin literally has scales. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's different, though. So I have to, somewhat with a heavy heart, choose pangolins. All right. Pangolins win. Fuck the armadillo. No one is as shocked by this as I am. And I also want to tell you that when you search armadillo versus pangolin. Oh, that's a thing? a A lot comes up. Hmm. So there's animals comparison and it says armadillo versus pangolin fight comparison who will win who wins who wins hold on let me find out fight 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 (laughs) um 
Let's see. Armadillo versus Pangolin fight. Who will win? The question still remains. Who will finally win the fight? Armadillo versus Pangolin. Undoubtedly Pangolin because of its huge size, weight, and intelligence when compared to the Armadillo. Wow, you're really talking shit about Armadillos. So I guess Armadillos are small idiots. Um, (gasps) You just called them small idiots? I didn't call them that. This article did. (laughs) Uh, Don't you go paraphrasing that article. Listen. That's fake news. This, I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe we should just put two together and see who does win. But maybe they're both nice guys and they would just be friends. It seems like they're both pretty nice, I think. I think. I could be wrong about that. I love that you picked a pangolin. I am shocked that I picked a pangolin. I'm I'm really surprised on this one, too. Really? You just sensed that I would be an armadillo lover? I thought you would go for the armadillo. Wow. You were so close to right. Because mm. as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, I, I this is just going to be a cursory Googling for uh, its, its, uh, its opponent here. I didn't realize I that we had a lot of armadillos here in Louisiana. Do you really? Yeah, Cody kept telling me that he kept seeing armadillos, and I'm like, you're drunk, go home. And <laughs> uh, I like heard like this real, they're loud as fuck. Really? What do they say? No, just like, they're just banging this shit. I don't know if they're clumsy or what, but I'm like, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> well, they're small idiots, smell like. And then I just see this big, cute little chunky, wonky armadillo just <laughs> scurrying out underneath my car, like. Oh, what are you doing, dude? Oh, my God. How many have you seen with your own eyes? Oh, a lot. Like, really? Yeah, there's a whole family that lived at our last place. I haven't seen any at our new place, but our last place, I saw them every morning. Oh, my God. But that was the same place that had that big ass snake that wouldn't let me out my front door. Remember the one that, yes, like, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I had a call. <laughs> like, the, one of the only times I've called the police. <laughs> That motherfucker just grabbed the snake and put it in his lunch cooler. It was so What? I love Louisiana. Oh, no. Yeah. <coughs> wow. Okay. Well, that was, that was, wow. Okay. Let's get into it. Are you ready? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to, I do not know how to segue from armadillos to this. Okay. Well, here okay. we go. There, there is none. And if there is. Wow. Okay. We'll find so, a way. Whew. So, do you remember that time, a long time ago, like oh, seven episodes ago, when you did an episode so dark that we had to recalibrate our spectrum of potential episode darkness when you had a school full of children burned down causing 93 deaths? Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Okay, well, how could we forget? How could we forget? (laughs) Apparently, that planted a seed in my mind, and now that seed has grown into a towering, heinous, challenge-accepted tree, and now that tree is ready to bear grim, horrific fruit. Oh, fuck. Here we go. (laughs) Honestly, I've had a, like, you know, I've had a tough couple weeks. There's not a lot I can say about it, other than that foster parenting is hard. The system sucks. Things it happen. It sucks so bad. There's nothing you can do. Um, I have... It's I one of those I, hurry up and wait situations. It is, but then things happen and you wish you were still waiting. Right. So it, it's it been... A bummer couple weeks. 
it has been a bummer couple weeks and I actually let the audio guy pick this one. <laughs> I was in, I was in a bad place for a couple days and I was like, I have to research. I have to record. I don't want to do anything and I, I don't have the mental energy to expend picking something. So you pick something and he picked this and so we, it's all his fault. I mean, I agreed, but, <laughs> but he, we can definitely spread the blame for this around. So are you aware of my infamous bat dress? Yes. Okay. Do you know any context about when my bat dress comes out? Have we talked about this before? We talked about bat dress for Thanksgiving, correct? Yes. Yes. So I have this bat dress and it is, um, it's a very like normal kind of 50s silhouette you know it's fitted on the top and then it flares out like a very very pretty very silhouette cute. Mm-hmm. it pairs very nicely with just about any color cardigan and but the the bottom is covered in bats semi-realistic bats <laughs> and i have made a habit of wearing this dress uh, at times, the joke is that I wear it when there are bats in my heart. Oh, uh, I've worn it to a couple family gatherings. One time, I think I had just had a miscarriage and I didn't want to be there. Not that it was nothing like my family's crappy and they made me be there. It was just, you know, time to do this. But I just wanted to be in bed kind of thing. Right. Um. So in quiet protest, I wore my bat dress. <laughs> And I actually fucking love that about you. It's it's become a thing. I I guess I'm eventually going to have to buy a new one, but it's holding up well at this point. I don't have bats in my heart that often. But I kept thinking about my bat dress when I was doing this because I just feel like this is a bat dress of an episode where I just I, I my my mind was in a dark place. So here you go with this absolute nightmarishly dark episode. I'm ready. Okay. So the mood, my mood this week, it would not have lent itself to a sweet Canadian disaster or a little balloon disaster or anything like that. This week, I see your Our Lady of the Angel school fire and I raise you one Sisters of Charity orphanage disaster. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. What could be worse than school children? Orphans. 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 Holy They fuck. come even younger and they're fucking orphans. Jesus. Here oh. we go. Here we go. Buckle up. So first, let's learn a little bit about orphanages. Do you have any preconceptions about orphanages? Tell me, I'll dump all your orphanage related thoughts in a pile here now. Um, they fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Um, the conditions are usually horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, the people in charge are usually horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, they're way back in old timey times. Uh, they would heavily medicate the children, um, mm-hmm. as they would not be a nuisance. Um, I'm trying to think. There were some other ones. I just That's had good. one. That's a respectable pile of orphanage thoughts. Annie is yeah. overrated. Oh, God. <laughs> Melanie, you already know I've never seen Annie. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know the gist of it, but you know for a fact I've never seen it. Well, it's a hard knock life. 
I I get that reference. God bless it. I can't so, believe you haven't seen it. Really though, can't you? Annie though. I'm still entertaining the thought of watching Buffy for you. Oh, please, please. I might do it when we finish the bracket and we I, I have to deliver hot takes on a new topic. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I've got some. I I've actually, I was thinking today what our next bracket could be. And it was like very COVID. I'm like, I should do fucking smells. Ooh, can we do a bracket forever? The, I, It's the best way to open the podcast. Oh my God. I would love to do brackets forever. Okay. So. Thank you for your pile of orphanage preconceptions. I have occasionally wondered why there don't seem to be orphanages in America anymore. Not that it's a bad thing, but you write about them in old timey stuff, like almost sounding like cabbage patches full of babies needing families, which is clearly problematic as right. fuck. But if you don't dig like one iota deeper and you're an infertile person in 2021, <laughs> it does sound very simple and straightforward. But first of all, it's not. Second of all, it turns out there are no orphanages around anymore because I'm the orphanage now. (laughs) They were really just the prototype for foster care before we knew anything about anything. And also, most of those kids aren't even orphans. Really? Did you know that? I did not know that. Is this like a dump your kids off because you couldn't, you just didn't want them no more? Not really. No. A whole bunch of them were just poor kids. Yeah. See, I knew that. Mm, Yeah. I don't think I knew how many of them were just poor kids. And this is like the 100 millionth trillionth reason that I don't want to hear about this whole back before the welfare state, everyone was self-reliant and they never drank from garden hoses thing. Stop it. No. Because you know what really happened? If you were too poor to make it work, your kids went to a goddamn orphanage. Yeah, that has actually happened to uh, a couple of my family members. My my grandmother was put in an orphanage for quite some time. Yeah, wow, really? Yeah, on my dad's side. Do you know anything about that that you would like to share? I know that's very personal. Is there any story there that you want to share? Um, she was very... Um, I guess private with her mess. Uh, she preferred to get into everybody else's. Um, <laughs> but they, she did re- reconnect with, um, you know, my great grandmother and they had a wonderful relationship growing up, but there was a ton of dysfunction, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was the same thing. It was a money issue. Wow. I had a relative who was on an orphan train and I meant to check with my mom about the details before this episode but did i do it no so (laughs) um so they they actually reviewed one american orphanage for 22 years in the mid 1800s and they found that 73 percent of children were not orphans oh my gosh what a mess yeah like i'm not surprised that not all of them were i mean i don't think even because there's orphanages in other places now. I don't think even all of those kids are orphans at all. But 73%? Good lord. So <sighs> It's fucking sad. Yeah. So the first orphanage in America happened before America was even a thing. It was 1729. Some white people and Native Americans got into it in what is now Mississippi. I didn't take the time, because it's really super not relevant. I didn't take the time to delve into 
like who was the bad guy there it's safe to assume it was us yeah um i didn't look into that though i know there was some kind of conflict and a bunch of white kids ended up orphaned so a hundred years later we're still fucking things up and by then we had pandemics wars poverty orphanages were there to scoop up the kids left behind because we are always fucking things up do you know but, who initially were funding orphanages? I know that was, this is just like out of the blue. Who? No, I was just wondering. Oh, if, do I know? Um, Like old timey, like. We we get into that some. In okay, this. perfect. Um, I mean, I it's more about some specific orphanages. I don't know necessarily in the broad sense, but there is some orphanage funding discussion later in this episode. Okay, perfect. Um. So, you know how there are programs where, like, shelter dogs get to go live in prison and get trained by inmates? Yes. Okay. Well, for a while, it's basically what we were doing with kids. We were sending them to live with, quote, adult criminals and deviants. So, orphanage were seen as the modern woke solution in some senses. Like, when we thought asylums were going to be, like, the epitome of humane care. That's kind of the original vision for orphanages. Obviously it didn't turn out that way. Nothing ever turns out that way. Right. Um, so in that orphanage where 73% of them were orphans, the interesting thing that I also didn't realize is that most of them were there for under a year. Really? Yeah. Is it just that their situation changed and they went back with their parents? Kind of like my family situation? Well, then for the most part, they either went home or went to live with people they already knew. A very large number of them were sent to be indentured servants, including kids who had parents who didn't want that to happen. They were just poor. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that sucks. There's not really any labor laws against that back then either. No. A paper from 1995 said... It should be noted that a great number of these institutions were founded by wealthy members of society as acts of charity. Many of the resources used to operate these early institutions were from charity dollars, arising from the donor's genuine interest in providing services to the poor. However, when decisions about children's placements had to be made, such benevolent interest did not always guide decision-making. For example, in numerous situations, children were placed as indentured servants in remote areas of the country, despite parents pleased to have their children's return, their children's, their children return to them. Oh, so it's just kind of like this virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. Think you're doing a good thing. Yep. And I'm here to tell you nothing's changed. No, I, so. I like I said, I was a. Never mind. I'm not going to interrupt your thing. I'll save yeah. it till later. <laughs> okay. So, in the late 1890s, tons of Native American kids were placed in orphanages for all the trash-ass reasons you probably already know. Um, By the 1910s, they started to think that foster families may be a better idea because, quote, home life is the highest and finest product of civilization. Children should not be deprived of it except for urgent and compelling reasons, which, again, let me tell you, is a memo we should still be working on in the year of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> yep. But I digress. So the depression sidelined that rhetoric being acted on, but it would be by the 30s and 40s. And the point in our story is before any kind of reform, because our story is in 1900. Wow. I love and that you're doing an old timey I know. I, I'm I, proud of you. It's not me. It's the audio guy. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, I did it. I obviously did all my own research, but I would never have pulled this one out of the air. But it turned out he read me a blurb and I was like, okay, fine. God, it sounds, <laughs> it actually sounds really good. Um, so this story isn't really about any kind of corruption or bad stuff. I just felt like it was important to have some context for what being in an orphanage at all meant in this time and place. Okay. Um, this isn't really about bad orphanage runners at all i just you know i I think that everyone has some kind of association with the word orphanage maybe it's accurate maybe it's not yours were pretty accurate but who knows so this time and place 1900 were about to experience a disaster and it was not for the first time The orphanage that we're going to talk about had a couple of different names that it goes by interchangeably in different articles. It seems like Sisters of Charity was the parent organization and St. Mary's was the specific like brick and mortar building. So I'm going to go with St. Mary's. That makes sense. That's kind of like the way my school fire was too. They had like a Mm. chapter. Yes, because this is also Catholic. Okay. Um, that's that's pretty much how Catholics run things. So, St. Mary's was established in 1867 in Galveston, Texas. And America was at peak yellow fever time. So, sidebar about that. When I looked up information about yellow fever, it said that over the course of one or two hundred years, yellow fever was just the most feared illness in America because it killed a hundred thousand people. Over a hundred or two hundred years, which wow, perspective of what COVID has killed here in like 10 months. And I had to really take a minute and process that. And I know it's such a thing to be like, no, we don't have this or that that we used to have. We used to have better values, more simplicity, blah, blah, blah. And I hate that. I don't think it's true. I will basically find a way to bitch about that every single episode if I can. Right. Um, if it seems like it might be true, it was probably simple because it was safe for one demographic and one only of people to fully exist or because we were all, you know, functioning at a lower level of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, didn't always have the option to engage with things like self-actualization. So generally I hate nostalgia for times past, like a lot. Right. But God damn, if we didn't at least have the sense to be afraid of pandemics. Yes. So it's frustrating old timey us that much, at least (laughs) I will have nostalgia for the time that we were terrified of something that killed a hundred thousand people in 200 years. People just don't give a shit anymore. It's fucking maddening. I'm sorry. It makes me so mad. Yeah. So originally St. Mary's was an infirmary orphanage combo, which must have been holy shit depressing for every single person involved. Like really think about that. And then yellow fever got so bad they needed to split them. So they added a separate orphanage to the grounds, which stayed linked to the infirmary, like, um, like bureaucratically for a long time, not physically linked. Like they were, they were sisters kind of. Right. So then after that, I guess things continued to expand. So they split the orphanage into two buildings, one for boys and one for girls. Girls aged out at 18, boys stayed until they were 10, and then were sent to college. Huh? Okay. So, yeah. All right. (laughs) 
Uh, for a while, the littlest kids who were two and under were kept in their own building. About a year after they were split by gender, the building with 12 babies burned to the ground. No Aww. one died. The babies were all fine, but wow. Uh, later that same year, a major storm came and completely totaled a couple of the buildings, and it took years and massive community fundraising efforts to rebuild. To keep things afloat normally, there were benefits and school funds, but it was largely up to the nuns to spend their time begging for alms. And they gradually started getting more predictable and structured support. But then in, 19, in 1896, they started planning to move the orphanage away from the beach and into the center of town. But by 1900, it hadn't happened yet. And they had moved to the beach in the first place to keep the children away from yellow fever and kind of isolated. So that's that's where things were at in 1900. Hmm. They were an orphanage on the beach, which was... A, at least two buildings. I'm pretty sure it was two. It was a boys' dormitory and a girls' dormitory. Where Where are we at again? Sorry. Gal. Gal no, you're fine. Galveston, Texas. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yep. So, August of 1900, a storm started brewing with a little tropical cyclone, and it was spotted near the Windward Islands. I feel like and I know where this is going. Do you? <laughs> Well, just being in this area. Yeah, you do. Uh, and then it, that little cyclone stayed pretty chill. It crept into the Caribbean Sea over the next few days. Hold on. Do you say Caribbean or Caribbean? Caribbean. Yeah, I think I do too, but I think it also might depend on the context. In this context, I definitely say Caribbean. <laughs> um, um, it's like uh, a, it's like the the ride in the movies, and I think I actually even talked about this once. I think instead of saying Pirates of the Caribbean or Pirates of the Caribbean, I think I just, because I know for a fact that I mentioned this in an episode, I don't know which one, but I think I fully avoided the name of the ride. <laughs> oh, I, don't remember I remember you mentioning that. Yes, but I, don't I know what it was. I know what, what was it was. It? Um. It was my, um, it was one of my Halloween episodes where I was talking about um, bones, how they use real skeletons in an amusement park ride. Yeah. And I think I, I, I'm pretty sure I said amusement park ride, so I wouldn't have to say Pirates of the Caribbean or Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I'm willing to look like a dipshit um, and I'm going to say Caribbean in this is that what I originally said? See, now the word has no meaning. <laughs> anyway, so this little bitch-ass cyclone <laughs> stayed pretty chill. It crept into that place over the next few days, and then it reached the Dominican Republic as a half-hearted storm in early September, and then it kind of meandered over to Cuba, and then it got a bug up its ass on the way to the Gulf of Mexico, and suddenly leveled up into a Category 4 hurricane. Yeah. With Galveston, Texas, right in its path on September 8th. Gosh. Dang it. That's yep. hurricane season. Yeah. And uh, here we go toward this uh, orphanage on the beach. Fuck. So, God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 So, and I, this is the, the bats in my heart episode. <laughs> So in 1900, Galveston was doing great. They were located right next to a busy port. They had a huge population. They were one of the wealthiest cities in the country. They were thriving. 
And they also had St. Mary's, which was run by 10 nuns and housed 93 children at the time that the hurricane made landfall. On a Saturday morning in September, the hurricane was just rolling into Galveston. Intense Mm. winds started, but as you know better than anyone, 93 kids, hungry bellies, don't care if there's a storm. Nope. you have 93 kids yourself. And Costco (laughs) wasn't going to be. (laughs) Sure feels like that. There was an old lady who lived in a shoe. Her name Um, was Melanie. (laughs) Costco wasn't going to be a thing for 83 more years. Cars wouldn't be in wide use for 20 more. So the logistics of food stocking for 93 kids must have been a bitch. Sister Elizabeth Ryan left the orphanage that morning as the winds were starting to head into town for food. And while she was there, she saw the assistant superior, Mother Gabriel, at the infirmary. Mother Gabriel warned her about the storm coming and begged her to ride it out there. But Sister Elizabeth Ryan already had her wagon loaded with food for the children's dinner. And she said they wouldn't have anything to eat if she didn't make it back. So she had to go. So. Yeah. As she headed back to the orphanage on the beach, waves crashed on the beachfront, getting closer and closer to the buildings. And wagons in 1900 mostly were not fully enclosed, and they may or may not have been enclosed at all. So with the heavy winds and the pouring rain, that had to have been a real shitty trip back. Yeah, for sure. So she made it back. And as they hunkered down, the waves on the beach got worse and worse until the residential buildings nearby started to fill with seawater. The actual buildings were tucked behind some sand dunes, which were reinforced with cedar trees. And one of the boys, there's a balcony upstairs, one of the boys stepped out on the balcony to see the tides taking the dunes, he said, as though they were made of flour. Ooh, what an image. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, like, what's between them and the sea. It was not long before the water reached them. As the water started to rise, the nuns came up with a plan. They had a ratio of about 10 to 1, and the ages of the kids ranged from 2 to 13. So the sisters led the children to the girls' building, which was more modern. It was more sturdy. And that is where they huddled in the chapter, and they had the children sing Queen of the Waves to calm them. Sweet queen, in our exceeding danger, my eyes seven breeze, and pity lady save, ache of the pain that slept within the manger, and help us now, dear lady of the wave. I don't like that. Dark, huh? Yeah, it's really fucking dark. Okay, it's gonna get darker. So, the singing, the singing, and yeah, the disasters, the keep music. It in your head because they sing it basically till the end, again and again. So, just imagine that as the backdrop. Just all these disasters with the piano playing and the singing and the fucking and the, hymns. Oh my god, I know. The, so in that the one's chapel, the worst. This one's yeah, the worst. This, this one's this one's bad. So in the chapel, the waters continued to rise and they knew they needed to move to higher ground, but they were afraid of losing any of the children in the process just because, I mean, it was a one to 10 ratio. So the sisters asked a worker named Henry to get clothesline 
and he brought it to them and they used it to tie six, seven, or eight children by the wrists, attaching them to the bands they wore around their waists as part of their habits, mm-hmm. all while they continued to lead them through the five haunting verses of Queen of the Waves over and over again. <sighs> so they each nun had between six and eight children tied to her waist. And the kids were terrified, but the nuns stayed very brave for them. So conditions in the orphanage continued to deteriorate as the day went on. The first floor filled to the ceiling with water. The gulf and the bay merged into one, and then the entire city was submerged. So everybody was seeking higher ground. They moved from their ground floors to their second floors, and then they moved from their second floors to their attics, and then they moved from their attics to their roofs, where many of them were hit with debris in the 150 to 200 mile per hour winds yeah so people would float by the orphanage and then they would be pulled in through the balcony by the sisters adding to the packed conditions but you know i mean these are nuns they're not just gonna watch people float by float by no so they're they're pulling people in the windows had all blown out completely so the hurricane just flew through the building just whipped back and forth and then at 7.30, a massive 15 to 20 foot tidal wave came. This is at night? Yeah. Well, it started in the morning. Now it's 7.30 at night. Fuck. Yeah. That's so a long every, day. Yeah. Every house on the beach front, like the, the front, you know, the front of the beach. <laughs> like the, the first <laughs> half, the half of the beach right, closest to right. the water. It was just simply lifted up and into the water. And then smashed into the other houses nearby. And everyone in the girls' building heard the boys' building cracking and crashing apart before being taken by the water. There was no one in it, but, I mean, it's right next to theirs. Right, right. So, shit. And as the second floor began to flood, some of the oldest children climbed onto the roof. Nuns held the littlest children tight, promising to stay with them. Finally, the orphanage would suffer the same fate they had watched all the other nearby buildings meet as they waited and prayed to be spared. The water surged closer, pulling it up from its foundation, sucking out the bottom and wrecking the structural support, so the roof just caved in on them. And then the orphanage entered the sea with all the rest, taking the lives of all ten sisters and ninety children. Whoa. Three boys named... William, Frank, and Albert were able to grab hold of a tree, and they floated there all night and all the next day while the floodwaters continued to pull the rest of the bodies further and further away. And they're all fucking connected? Uh, the body... These three boys weren't, I don't think. Okay. Um, but the, the nuns and all those kids were. Uh, oh they were finally able to be rescued by boat, and they were reported in the newspaper to be bruised and scarred and crippled. And this part's rough. Just as they promised, the nuns had stayed with the children. Their bodies were found miles apart with children still tied to them. And they were buried as in those locations where they were found, staying with their charges even in the grave. Really? Yeah, they were buried together. One was found holding two little children tightly in her arms. Oh. 
So as dark as that is, the overall toll was even worse than that. The hurricane would go down as the deadliest natural disaster in American history. Around 8,000 people were killed. Katrina was under 2,000 for context. Holy. Oh my God, that is bananas. A sixth of the city's population had been killed. Bodies were everywhere. It was too many bodies. Like, I mean, you know, bodies were everywhere after Katrina. And this was four times as many with no, you know, technology or, or just. It had to be harder to move. Disaster relief. None of that. Yeah, exactly. So it was too many to ever even make an official list of who was lost. Bodies are being found for months. Entire neighborhoods were just obliterated and, quote, leaving little more than a brick or two. And this, you know, every disaster has some kind of detail that you just have to, like, stop for a minute. And then you're like, hold on, is there a picture of that? And it's just like this oh my god kind of right right and this was it for me the waves had dropped debris in huge winding two-story walls throughout the entire city of galveston wow the waves would be going and they would have you know half the fucking city in them and then when they finally stop and then start to recede they just leave all that stuff in like a wall yeah, it's just like seashells being pushed to shore, except it's yeah. a fucking city that was just decimated. Two-story walls. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, you always picture, I mean, I always picture, I guess I don't live in a hurricane place, so I don't maybe picture this as much or accurately as other people do. But, I I mean, I always picture, obviously, the water kicking up a lot of debris and then the debris just being kind of swept exploded, back. swept. I just picture it kind of everywhere, all over everything. Right. But the way that it was is that it would be at the front of the wave and the wave would get to a certain point, And then as it would recede, it would just stop. The stuff would just stay on a wall. That's and eerie. That's so it? eerie. It was throughout the entire city. One of the articles I read said, inside this great wall were destroyed houses, pieces of furniture, pots, pans, cats, dogs, and people. Those who were dead and those who were dying. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, in a bad way. I know. It's just such a spooky thought. And I don't know if that is just what happens i don't feel like it necessarily is or if there was some kind of unique characteristic of this hurricane i don't know i've never really heard of walls in that sense but i mean i'm no hurricane expert i don't know um so the infirmary itself had taken a major hit also only the main building still stood and they had all kinds of like outbuildings which meant nobody had any food or water and obviously it's the infirmary so all the injured and displaced people were making their way there so the population there was just growing and growing but nuns are resourceful as hell um i don't know if you get this pop culture reference melanie but i'm thinking about the kimmy schmidt females are strong as hell song right now i love kimmy (laughs) schmidt i have not finished it i've watched part of it but i i know enough to know that reference and i was thinking of that with regard to nuns being resourceful as hell they searched for crackers and cookies in the water and then they built a fire dried out the waterlogged remnants and fed it to their patients that's really fucking resourceful. Yeah. Which, 
seems unsafe, but also extremely resourceful. What are you supposed to do? But, oh, God, that water's not clean. Um, no. So the nun, that, that's scary. I don't Somebody's know if anything... getting dysentery for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anything bad actually came of that. That seems alarming, but... I guess what the hell are you going to do? One in six people are dead. So here you go. I mean, they had to have felt the effects of this. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So for years. The nun- yeah. Oh, yeah. The nuns repaired the infirmary and they rebuilt it and the orphanage in a year. And they continued until 1967 when foster care started to replace orphanages, which is why I say I'm the orphanage now. Um, the Sisters of Charity continued to expand, but they never forgot the tragedy that took an entire orphanage. They expanded into other cities, states, and continents, and to this day, Queen of the Waves is still sung by all of the sisters at every location across the world every September 8th. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. 94 years later, a Texas historical marker was placed there, and some of the survivors' grandchildren came to the dedication. Oh, Yeah. And that is the story of the St. Mary's Orphanage hurricane disaster. Well, that was fucking depressing. Yeah. And now I could do, if I were going to get into this hurricane... Holy shit. Like I said, it was the deadliest national disaster in American history. I'm pretty sure that still stands. Um, And there, I mean, it is, it's huge. Like I could do, if we did this in like a a season kind of way, I could do an entire limited run season about this disaster, literally. Um, But I wanted to focus on this one particular story. But oh my God, the story is just in that, that whole thing. It's, oh shit. Just the idea of being tied to little children oh my god it's so sad and it's so sad and and heartbreaking that they were buried together i I mean maybe (sighs) sad and heartbreaking is not the word it's just that's oh yeah Uh, i don't even know what to say that is it's uh (laughs) fuck is galveston haunted Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of ghosty stuff about this. People say they hear children. People say they see a nun walking, I think, on the beach. I didn't get too much into that because you know how I am. But, yeah, there it's a whole thing. Don't want to open no portals, doors. No. Well, no, that's my thing with demons. I just, I don't really care about ghosts. I mean, they they can... They can ghost around. I don't care. Yeah, they can go hang out with pigs. Oh, well, I mean, I, I'm just really indifferent to ghosts. They're just <laughs> dead people. I mean, I don't know. They're dead people. It doesn't seem like they can do a whole lot. Blow me down, I guess. So, no, demons that, are another that, story. I don't fuck with demons. Yeah. No, that that uh, that disaster was fascinating. Gosh, yeah. it had to have taken them forever to clear that up. Because I know, like... They're still, we're still, still struggling with Laura here. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's bananas to think, like, it's 2021 and people still have fucking holes in their roofs. Yeah. We need to make so. our own, like, disaster relief. 
It just seems um, like so much of it is a scam. <laughs> I, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> Hurricane insurance is a scam. Mm-hmm. I'm not so, going to get into all that, though. Speaking of disaster relief. I got a couple. I got two you today. You like this? That's impressive. I think it would have been understandable if you didn't have anything that you liked. No, I have two. One of them was from today, so it's a fresh one. Okay. Um, I was going to actually mention this in the middle of your story, but I was like, this would be perfect for the end. Um, when we were just talking about, you know, white people thinking that they're doing something good, but they're basically just throwing grenades and walking away, mm-hmm. you know, not seeing how things shake out. Mm-hmm. Cody... Not my Cody, but um, our friend Cody recommended. We have, we have two friend Codys. Which friend Cody are we talking Rose, about? Rose. Cody Rose. Okay. okay. Um, I had asked in Horrible Ghouls today for some podcast recommendations because it was literally like Lord of the Flies in my fucking house when I had COVID and the kids oh, just. Oh no, one of mine came from that. My, my thing came from that thread too. So I hope we're not going to do the same one. Which one's yours? Uh, okay, well, it didn't come from Cody. Mine came from Anne. Okay, so okay. the one I um, wanted to mention was uh, Nice White Parents. She Ooh. recommended it today. Uh, it's five parts. I binged the whole thing, oh, cleaning wow. my kids' rooms, because it was, you should see it. It was just terrible. It <laughs> is so fucking good. It's from the same people that did Serial. Um, and New York Times, and it it's basically focuses on one specific public school in New York City and how, like, these white parents just came in and were very pro-integration and just throwing money at the problem, and they're just really imposing their thoughts and beliefs on how change should be made but not listening to black and brown voices. And it's just a fucking cringy mess. And I that mean, it sounds really on brand for us white people. Yeah. It, it's even though it's one specific school, it's, I mean, you see this shit play out everywhere. It's, uh, I highly recommend. I think everybody, everybody needs to listen to it. And uh, just to give you an, I mean, an idea of, I mean, racists are really showing their ass in the in the <laughs> review department. I mean, if you go through the reviews, there's so many um, white people being like, "This is reverse racism, guys." That's not a fucking thing. <laughs> like, no, God, shut stop. Up. So when you see a bunch of one star reviews, you know it's good. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's really good. So okay, I will absolutely listen to it. Um, I'll save my other one till after year since we're on a podcast uh, conversation. Oh, are we taking turns? Yeah. Okay, I can do that. Um, I am also going to recommend something that I binged real quick in this thread that you posted like this morning. And it is a recommendation that came from a friend of mine named Anne. Thank you, Anne. And it is called Something Was Wrong. And it's legit. uh, Okay, so before I saw you on the thread saying that her recommendations are good, um, I kind of went through that recommendation. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for it. 
I mean, I'm about halfway through the first season. <laughs> I started it this morning. Um, it is because it looks very trauma focused. It, so far, I mean, it, I wouldn't say. I mean, I myself am a DV survivor, and so far, I wouldn't say that it's overly heavy. But I'm only halfway into it. Okay. Um, it definitely could become heavy. I don't know. So I, I guess I can't speak to that yet. But I, I can't stop listening to it. It's really, really, really good. And uh, I think we should maybe give Anne her own podcast recommendation corner, possibly because she's really good at this. She's recommended some really good stuff for me before. Well, I'm uh, yeah, I definitely want to check that one out. But then I was like kind of going through like some of the uh, show notes and descriptions. And I was like, I think I might need to save that when I'm like feeling 100 percent because I'm still yeah, I'm at like. I'd say 80, 75, 80 percent right now. So I just want to sh- make sure my like even the one I listened to today, I don't think I was mentally even ready for that one. Um, yeah, but it just I needed something to get me through cleaning the fucking house. <laughs> it's so bad. What's your next one? So my next one was I was literally like laid out in bed, which is really weird for me because I am always on the move. My brain's always on the move. Like I never stop. Um, so not be, like it was hard to like even get up to like go to the bathroom so I really was reliant on my iPad and I know I was sending you some of my doodles and stuff, but I downloaded, um, I was playing a lot with Procreate and I downloaded, um, a couple different, um, brushettes, some Lisa Glands and then, um, True Grit Texture Supply Company. And I really love that one a lot, a lot, a lot. So I guess my second love is brush digital brushes I'm kind of it's like my new fascination I want to try them all take yeah, my money you, you need to post some of the stuff that you've made because it is beautiful oh thank you I love it I'm obsessed with it you should you should charge people money for that actually maybe one day I'd like to make a coloring book yeah I'm, I think you kind of already are uh well i'm playing with idea i i'm not committed to it i don't know it's weird playing with an idea called you've already done several mind-blowingly beautiful pages i know that's playing with an idea for melanie i know but putting yourself out there is a completely different thing melanie you have a podcast you're already out there i know and this is like about as uncomfortable as i can get oh my god you shouldn't be it's gorgeous i love you do you have Um, any more I have, I think, one more. And I, I think that I may have talked about this in passing, but also maybe not. I don't know. Have I talked about Zoe and Sassafras yet? Uh, you have talked about Zoe and Sassafras. I think you need to share with the world more about Zoe and Sassafras because okay. I love it. So Zoe and Sassafras is a chapter book series for little kids. And I know this is so far afield of anything resembling relevant to this podcast, but I feel like a lot of our listeners are parents and I've already talked about uh, children's plights in this. So here we go. Um, It is a chapter book for little kids. It is about a little girl who her mom can see magical creatures 
and there's a barn on their property where magical creatures can go when they need help because her mom can see them and then it turns out Zoe can also see them and it is lovely it is so sweet and wholesome and she's like a little scientist she wears thinking goggles all the time um Zoe and her family are black which I think is important I was reading an article today about something and I my god I really don't know what I'm talking about here so I'm not trying to be some kind of authority on this but I was reading an article about what they called trauma-free blackness which I have don't think I've heard about specifically before but I have definitely heard about it in a similar sense in the LGBTQ community with um, like books and media that has LGBTQ people who the point is not some traumatic coming out story. It's not, right. you know, overcoming challenges. It's just there. That's, that's the character. That's who they are. It's representation. Yes. And it's not all about the hell of it. And so I was reading an article, um, someone who said that we need more trauma free blackness, which is, it seems like the same thing, really media about just trauma free blackness, black lives, not, being centered around racism um just happiness right <laughs> and this is that oh man it's it it's so and adelaide loves it so much huh? it is she adores it she absolutely adores it and i mean i am oh, a white lady who shouldn't probably even be talking about this but like i love that zoe sleeps in a silk bonnet and that kind of thing and i just love seeing that represented especially you know as a foster family so it's an incredible book it is representative it is trauma free it is just it's an incredibly written and Adelaide wanted to have a Zoe and Sassafras birthday party for her sixth birthday which there is not one shred of merch in the world that exists you crushed <laughs> this you crushed it though you did so good I I was blown away i had to pull that completely out of my ass that before cake was worried it was a covid friendly party um it, it yeah well then i posted the pictures on the author's facebook page and she liked it and <gasps> she commented on it and she shared it why you didn't tell me that really really yeah, what the she did i'll tag you in it um yeah she oh shared it and gosh. adelaide was so starstruck and she was so nice and uh yeah, if you have kids who are in that age, Adelaide is not quite at the age of reading chapter books independently yet. She can read, but she's not quite there. But Eric has, they, they have it's some. It's good to read to your kids. Yes, Eric has read her all of the chapter books. That's kind of their special thing. And then I had to real quick read them all to do the birthday party. Aww. And I, oh my God, they're perfect. They're precious. They're absolutely adorable. And I cannot possibly recommend them enough. So if you have kids that age, absolutely check out Zoe and Sassafras. And I'm tagging you in the shared post right now. Yay. I can't wait to see. <laughs> I didn't know she did that. That's so she freaking did. cool. I know. I love it. Ugh. I lived a starstruck, but so was I. <laughs> Yeah, I do yes. that as a parent. They're too. excellent. Like, they're, the eek. world building is beautiful. They're so sweet and whimsical and very like scientific 
method developing thinking kind of thing very problem solving critical thinking they're just they're perfect they're perfection that's awesome so that's what i've got i love our disaster relief so much because i feel like it's so needed it's like a nice brackets but the brackets are good i live for brackets so all right so today in summation pangolins victorious uh officially the darkest disaster we have ever had now and um some i just hit the wall (laughs) some nice (laughs) some some lovely disaster uh relief and on that note now that i'm hitting walls i think it's bedtime yeah i'm about to hit a wall too hopefully i will be 100 percent here soon so you're kind of scary when you're 100 percent I'm a lot. I love it, though. (laughs) You're you're magnificent. I love you a lot, but you are a lot in the the best way. This has been a nice vacation for you. Yeah. Not really. I'm already working on my next one because now we've got to start stockpiling episodes so you can have a baby. I know. I think I'm... I really... You know what's crazy is I had considered live streaming my last one. But everything fell apart because we moved to Vegas and don't um, get my hopes up. Don't I had, play with my feelings. I like had this. to like I was gonna hitchhike to remember when I said I was gonna hitchhike to the hospital. I wound up having my neighbor that I barely knew had to like watch my kids for like ten minutes while uh, someone took me. It was just a fucking mess. I had my emergency C section and Cody while Cody was flying over the Grand Canyon, not mm. knowing any wiser what was going on so i was just oh my god yeah it was a mess i don't know i think i might do don't it get my hopes up like how know. do you ask I'm, that like I'm does serious. Anyone... i don't even want to talk about this i'm dead fucking it. serious i thought i was being a weirdo until everybody else when I, I was just like, it's kind of like when you said hey i was thinking about starting a podcast this is like <laughs> the Melanie level of that. Okay. And when I had mentioned it the other day in the mom group, I was just, I didn't think there would be a reaction to it, but now I'm like, do you even know us? Wouldn't that be cool though? Like I said, don't play with my feelings. How do you ask for something? Has anyone live streamed their I birth mean, I, before? Honestly, I think this year is the best time to do it because I I would think probably a lot of people have. Because like I people... could probably say, well, it's a pandemic. Like, yeah. this I, I mean, is there, what like, I'm like, requesting. A lot of people have like, parents or in-laws or best friends in the room. And that is not allowed. So I'm quite sure that is inevitably much more common now. So maybe you can help me find the words to tell my OB that. I, I want to show everybody. Your husband first. Oh, this is my fifth one. I mean, let's don't live get a me little. Wrong. I think that by the time you you are on your fifth or any really number of kid, I, I think you should get the final vote on that. But I mean, maybe you should at least run it by him. Uh, and barring that, oh fuck yes, I will call your OB. I don't give a fuck. You know I don't. <laughs> She's really you cool. No, I don't. So, no, I, I think we could. And I think it would be awesome because she did say I was a prime candidate for a V back. So we could get this going. So sign up for our Patreon 
At the $100 level, you will get to see Melanie give With birth live. Baby out my whisker biscuit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. See, Good I told bed. you I'm not feeling well. I need to go to bed. I'm just... Thank you for all the well wishes from everyone, too. That was so nice. Well, I'm glad you've survived it so far. Yeah, so far. All right. Sweet dreams or no dreams? Sweet dreams or no dreams. You know the year? 1900 That was 60 years ago Death come howling on the ocean Death call you got to go Now Galveston had a seawall Just to keep the water down But high tide from the ocean Spread the water Storm in the morning, wouldn't that a mighty storm?